This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we are continuing our book club series. Today is all about Jalen Phillips, a repeat book club uh uh, partners, so we're looking forward to getting into that. But gentlemen, before we get into the book club, before we start talking about Jalen Phillips and our creativity to use three straight Jalens, I gotta ask you, gentlemen, welcome to training camp. How you feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Football is back. Official. I mean, football never leaves, does it? Does it? I mean, we've been literally talking about it on podcasts multiple times a week, every week for the last however many months while we uh, had no games to watch. So, I mean, now that there's practices to uh, follow and soon preseason games to 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 put our eyes on and, and then actual regular season games, now that all that's going on, this is actually going to be a lot easier, don't you think? Oh, you have no idea, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Am I allowed to say my nips my nips are hard because I'm so excited? Because I'm definitely excited, man. I mean, we, again, I we talked about it last pod. You feel like it takes forever for this to come, and it's never going to come. And here we are. We're seeing Tua throw in a deep ball to Waddle that people are already complaining about. Was it underthrown? Was it in double coverage? How dare you catch um, that? So yeah, How we're dare back he? Training camp and I and continue doing what we've been doing all season long. Yeah, it's just it's an exciting time, man. Like I always get a little it's it's like a little bittersweet for me. I love summer, big summer guy. Like the tank tops, as you can see. Uh, I like to spend time outdoors. So it's a little bittersweet for me. But I mean, if you're going to trade the warm summer days and the sunshine for football, at least it's football, right? Like like you could you could trade it for worse things out there. You know, at least football's coming back and and we all love football. We all love the Miami Dolphins and that's what brings us on this podcast here today. You like you like tattoo sleeves too, or don't you, Merrick? Yeah, man. So I got it like a little half sleeve. I know this is this is a podcast and I'm leaning in to show you. I got a little half sleeve going on my left side, but I've always considered taking it down and making it a full sleeve. And I might've just been inspired by our, our QB one to a tongue of Iloa today. When we finally got the, the rev- why does everything have to be so secretive with Tua? Why is he got to be like, cause we're gonna- maniacs. That's why. <laughs> right. But it's like, like I, now you guys might, you may have been, especially you, Josh, on the Twitter a little bit more than me today. Maybe there were people ripping to a, to, to a tongue of Iloa's uh, full sleeve uh, tattoo, uh, maybe there were not. I don't know. But like, why is that got to be a secret to it? Come on. Like, I understand you keep your wife and your kid out of the out of the media. 
fully understand that. I support that. But like, you have to wait to unveil the 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 Samoan tribal tattoo until training camp starts because you're that secretive of a human being. Did he wait? Like, like when? Out, where else? What is? Where, he where would he? No, he waited. He, there were like he, pictures of him out? with like Glimpses. there were like pictures of him with hoodies on and stuff. Like everywhere he went, I think he had, was he at um. What was going on in Florida? Oh, the the messy uh, game. He was there in yeah. like a hoodie, like walking and, around, making sure he didn't cover it up. Yeah, he said, and like, it, that's Miami, I man. Do time or something. He <laughs> was so dedicated to the secrecy that he's wearing a full sleeve hoodie in a hundred degree weather with like ninety eight percent humidity. So you want to uh, just to hop on Instagram Live, something he's never done, be like, "Hey guys, do it here." I mean, just like like when you make it a secret then it becomes an even bigger deal right like if he would have just popped up at 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 this you know youth camp in a t-shirt everyone would have been like oh cool Tua got a new tattoo but instead you got faux dolphins media members like zooming in on on his wrists so you can see like a, a small amount of of ink like analyzing it like the zapruder film like i think he did it i think it's there it's like chill out bro and like come on Tua, i love you to death Big Tua supporter. I don't want anyone to misconstrue this as Tua hate, but like, open up a little bit, man. Loosen up. Like, life's for living. Let, let's do this thing, man. You said it's not a big deal, but I, I just want to rebuttal with that. And here we are, five minutes on tattoo talk here, you know, crime baking stuff, but maybe it's important to him. You know, what the one thing I noticed about the entire release, there were four companies that posted the, the uh, some version of Tua in a sleeve. Right after the Dolphins did it. So I would love to know what Discord server, uh, what group chat all these companies have where they're just waiting for the Dolphins to launch that picture so they all can do it. I thought that was the funniest oh, part of the whole thing. So are, there, are there many quarterbacks in the league, though, that have a full sleeve? I mean, I think no. that, has, that has something to do with it. And then the whole meaning behind it, I think he said it was because of his son, Ace, and it means, like, protection and – Things like that. Oh, so absolutely. I mean, took those two and tribal... a half days. I think it said took two full, two full days, two and a half full no, it's, days. It's, it's the real deal. Wild. It's detailed. Those, those tribal tattoos, they're, they're, they're very important to people of Samoan heritage, Samoan culture. You know, me coming from a pro wrestling background, there's a lot of Samoans in the wrestling business. You got the rock, you got Roman reigns, you got the Usos. Uh, those guys all have a very similar style tattoo down, you know, at least one of their arms, sometimes both of their arms, very important to the Samoan, uh, you know, culture, the Polynesian culture. I'm just waiting for somebody like Colin Cowherd to rip to a, you can't be a starting quarterback in the national football league while having a full arm sleeve tattoo. Like I, I'm just waiting for that. I'm sure that's already happened, but we'll see it soon enough. Guys, who's the backup quarterback the Dolphins used to have? I think he was even a practice uh, squad guy who had a sleeve. Uh, Streveler, Chris Streveler. Don't ask me why I remember that. That was dude. one of them, and then there was another one. There too, was someone I, more recently, I thought. Like, was it Brandon Dowdy didn't have one, right? I Brand, him. fails. David, is there some sort of like fails last name? Yeah, that's a guy. That, I don't know. I'm We're not just sure. naming a I'm bunch of guys that tattoos. We, we couldn't even pick out in the lineup. We could play I'm guess two with these quarterbacks. Positive, Chris Streveler, Streveler did, did cause, but because he had that the full too. beard and like, like he looked like a badass. He was a mechanic. That's basically it. He was he was ready to go work on like seven Honda Civics and flip those things. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I I think maybe fails, but I mean we don't really have a research department, so we are just gonna yeah, close the it, book. On if that. only there were some sort of you know entity you could just type in some information and and all of it was at your fingertips. But we don't have time for that. We gotta break down some some book club stuff. 
We are returning to the Jalen Phillips chapter of our nursery book club. And a big reason we wanted to do this book club is just one final opportunity to really soak in all the information we received throughout the 2022 season. Despite the fact these guys play, you know, 17 games a season without the playoffs, doesn't mean like you, you forget stuff. It goes in one ear and out the other. So we love to do this book club. It's a way for people to maybe better understand, maybe a different way to get excited about what a player can accomplish. Um, as I mentioned it, we did Jalen Phillips last year. This is our first repeat uh, book club members. So Josh, we had a very interesting pod last year and and i have one question i know you hate when i put you on the spot but this one this is more about retribution for me so what you're trying to do here is give me some retribution my question to bring up to start the jalen phillips book club 2.0 is who sings the safety dance i i have no idea i have no idea i got it i got it who sings the safety dance i'm I'm not even sure i know what you're talking about is that is that bad you can dance if you want to you can bring it I don't, I don't even know now. It's men with hats, baby. Men, I, and I said the village people. And, and I remember Wayne called us out because he just gave me the That's Michael right. Scott face. That's right. Why did you say that? See, I still don't know. I still have no idea. <laughs> that Guys, I, I suggest go back and check that out because I think we learned a lot about Jalen Phillips. And let's start this talk about what the Miami Dolphins got out of college when you talk about someone like Jalen Phillips. This is someone who it really took him a few years to find his identity. He had a lot of bad luck. He started at UCLA. He ran into some concussion issues. One of the concussions even included when he was driving a electric scooter and he got hit by a car. So he even retired from football while at UCLA. And then he decided to come back. He enrolled at the University of Miami and he just hit the ground running. I mean, it is so incredible that he could just go try to plug himself back into football and instantly, boom, the number 18 pick in the 2021 NFL draft. So when you guys think of the prospect of Jalen Phillips, considering that we're three years off of Charles here, Harris, we're a decade off of Deion Jordan. What were your opinions? What were your thoughts when the Dolphins took someone who I hate to use the saying, but was a little injury prone uh, coming out of college? So, so initially I was actually very excited for the pick, especially when you saw all the analysts kind of talk about, oh, he's the best pass rusher in the draft. You know, you talk about the injury history, that's significant. Those are those were real concerns, and the Dolphins kind of took a leap of faith by drafting Jalen Phillips where they did. I remember at the time, the discourse was, you have to go out there and get yourself a Najee Harris. That was the guy everybody wanted with that selection. Running back Najee Harris out of Alabama, you know, pair him with Tua, uh, you know, get in here and that'll fix this offense. Well, I mean, if you kind of take a look at Najee Harris's stats since joining the Pittsburgh Steelers, he has a pretty poor yards per carry average. You know, he he gets his first downs, he gets his yards, he gets his touchdowns, but that's because they're kind of force feeding him the ball. They don't really have much else on offense considering who their quarterback is right now. Kenny Pickett, a rookie last year, and then... Yeah, even before that, that you know, a shell of of what Ben Roethlisberger used to be, uh, but but as far as uh, his efficiency and his effectiveness per per tote, Najee Harris is pretty average, pr- pretty middle of the pack. And after two years of watching Jalen Phillips do what he's done since entering the league, you can say with you know a, a high amount of confidence that Jalen Phillips has had significantly more success as an edge rusher for the Dolphins than Najee Harris has had as a running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, you can get caught up in the numbers and the touchdowns and this, that, and the other, and the fantasy football and the yada, 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 yada. But 
the fact of the matter remains that the running back position is not that important in the NFL, at least in the eyes of GMs, uh, even head coaches to an extent. Uh, let's take a look at what's going on in the NFL right now. Running backs are having to jump on emergency Zoom calls to talk about how. That's called uh, a podcast. Yeah, maybe they're on StreamYard just like we are. Uh, you know, they're they're talking about the state of the running back position in today's game and how they're the only position that's actually the franchise tag number has gone down in the last five years where every other franchise tag number has skyrocketed since then, you know, while the cap has been raised. Uh, edge rusher, a far more important position in the National Football League. And Jalen Phillips, in my opinion, has had more success as an edge rusher that, and, and more impact on on games than Najee Harris has had as a running back. So going back to the time when he was drafted, I'm a guy who prefers defense anyways. I played uh, high school football. I, I played defense. I was a linebacker in high school. So I've always had an affinity for that side of the football. And I'm also a guy who subscribes to the notion that you don't draft running backs in the first round. Uh, because you use them up four or five years and then they're gone. So I think we can get a, a, a more solid, a, a longer career out of Jalen Phillips than we would have Najee Harris. So I fully supported the pick then. And, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I fully support that pick now, a couple years after the fact. How about you, Josh? Josh, one How thing about... that I think was interesting is that going did, back to last year – Josh, I want to, I'm even going to tee you up because I know it lagged a little bit there. The one thing that I think is really interesting going back to our podcast last year uh, was that you even said it, man. You said that Jalen Phillips, if I had to pick, he is the number one defensive end, the number one pass rusher in this entire class. And it's interesting because this is a unique situation where it's two former Hurricanes. Greg Russo was that other guy. We see him, um, I think he... Some, I think he's like an 87 in Madden, something a little ridiculous like that. But when you look at the two, I kind of agree that I think after seeing everything unfold, despite the question marks, Jalen Phillips was the right pick. So, Josh, what did you say watching that film back in the day? Yeah, I think I was kind of on Merrick, like what Merrick was saying. A lot of Dolphins Twitter was sitting there posting pictures of, you know, all three of the Alabama guys. That's who the Dolphins need to draft. You know, everyone wanted Najee Harris at the time. And then I think I finally started to watch the film, and I'll be the first one to admit I have what, two kids at the time, now I have a third one, I do not get to watch nearly as much film as I once did, and even then I was an amateur, but when you saw Jalen Phillips, I mean, he was just, I mean, he was a beast, I think in the last one, and I probably crowned him way too early, I think we were already talking about hanging his, uh, oh, you said Jason Taylor, yeah, I said Jason Jason Taylor, and I mean, um, yeah, maybe, I I guess I jumped the gun a little bit there, but I mean, you can see what I'm saying, right, he has the speed, he has the, the power, he can do a little bit of everything, you know, he jumps inside, and guards just cannot touch him, so, um, the more tape I watched, the more I started to fall in love with the player and you know everyone had their own prospect their edge rush they liked I think Quiddy Pay was another one that a lot of fans mm-hmm. were into heading into that draft and I just felt like if Jalen Phillips was there you know Michael Parsons was another one that you know we can be honest he's he's an absolute stud but Jalen Phillips man is just uh, he's my I talk about all the time he's my favorite player and I feel dirty coming on here and doing another book club and you know hyping him up again because I feel like that's all I've done since he's been drafted but I feel he's that good of a player and what we saw him do from Year one as a rookie, you know, started five games, five of 17 games, 42 tackles, eight and a half sacks, the 16 quarterback hits. He just took his game to an entirely new level last season. So um, you can see why the Dolphins drafted him. I can understand what you're saying with the concerns about the concussions. I think that was, you know, more to do with was it UCLA's, you know, protocol and things like that. Then when he transferred to Miami, he even started, I think he started a major in music, right? Didn't he become like a, yeah. a music major before he went out there and had balled out and got drafted? So 
I love the pick. Again, favorite player on the roster, and I'm excited what he can do this season with Vic Fangio. Yeah, he plays the kazoo. No, I don't think that's true. I, think I was going to say, up. I was going to say, I have no idea. That, that's some deep, deep research. Edging Christian style, right, Josh? Uh, real quick, I looked it up. Greg Rousseau in two seasons has a total of 12 sacks, while Jalen Phillips has a total of 15 and a half. So, yes, Dolphins were right. So his eight and a half sacks as a rookie, that's actually a Dolphins record too. So I think that's where we, we really started to crown it. Um, the concern, and this is a very loose use of the word concern, but all of Jalen Phillips' production as a rookie, it came like the final, uh, no, it was like a stretch. I know the Giants was a big game. There was four games in a row where Phillips really broke out. I think he had like five of his four, eight and a half sacks across three games. So I think, Josh, last year when we were talking about the book club, the question was, can he dominate against good teams? And I want to ask you guys, I think we're already in a situation, just the way we're talking about him and just what we've seen, where I think we can kind of say he's lived up to the 18th overall pick in the draft. Obviously, you expect more. But I think we can safely say it was the right pick. We're getting production. We're getting top-tier production that you should get out of a first-round pick. But I want to ask you guys this. Can he exceed the expectations of being the you know 18th overall pick in the draft? You go back to the uh, TJ Watt year, how everyone passed up on him. He was in the 20s, something like that. Does Jalen Phillips have that next level where it's no longer just like a pat on the back, good pick? It's, wow, there are 17, I guess 16 because the Dolphins drafted twice, 16 really clueless teams that really missed out on someone like Jalen Phillips for his just physical traits, even though he hasn't played a lot of football at the time. Yeah, and I think those teams missed out because of those injury uh, issues. You know, I Absolutely. think I think it scared some people away. If he doesn't have those injury issues, you're you're probably talking a top ten pick. And with the way edge rushers are valued nowadays, you could have been looking at top five in that draft without those concussion issues. So thankfully, he he's. Uh, stayed relatively injury-free during his time with the Miami Dolphins. But I do think he has room to grow into an even better player than he has already shown to be. Let me do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit that cardinal sin. Let me bring up some pro football-focused numbers for all of our PFF lovers and haters out there. Uh, Jalen Phillips' rookie year, 2021, he had an overall grade grade of 53.7. So not great. Actually, not a great year. Even though he had eight and a half sacks, nine tackles for loss, 26 QB pressures, overall grade 53.7, 61.3 pass rush, 44.8 run defense in his rookie year, 2021. In 2022, his stats, his hard stats were actually down a little bit. Eight and a half sacks rookie year, seven sacks last year, nine tackles for loss his rookie year eight tackles for loss last last year, where he did in, improve his numbers last year. He had 10 more QB pressures. He had 36 QB pressures as opposed to 26 as a rookie. However, his PFF grade went from a 53.7 overall his rookie year to an 88.8 in his sophomore campaign. His pass rush went from a 61.3 to a 90.1, one of the the top five graded edge rushers on PFF last year. Number five, Jalen Phillips. His run defense went from a 44.8 to a 74.8. We're talking a 30-point increase. You know, and I know people, you know, they say whatever they want to say about PFF. That's a pretty wide margin there. That's a 30-point increase on the run defense and almost uh, a 30-point increase in the pass rush grade as well. They might mess up here and there at PFF, but with those numbers being as large as they are, like that that 
that illustrates what a giant leap Jalen Phillips took from his sophomore season as compared to his rookie season. And now he's going into his third year under Vic Fangio, a full off season with Bradley Chubb on the other side of him, a full off season in that scheme, a full off season with Jalen Ramsey manning one corner spot, a healthy Xavier Howard manning another corner spot, having solid lockdown corners is going to help those pass rushers get to the quarterback more often and increase those hard stats, those sacks, those tackle for losses, those, those uh, QB pressures. I think Jalen Phillips is in for a massive third season here in the NFL. Uh, and I think you're going to be talking contract extension before, you know, before it's all said and done. And, and he might be looking at a huge, huge raise after this upcoming year. Josh, I got a question for you, if you don't mind. Um, you were just on with Ross Tucker. You did an absolutely fantastic job. He played in the in the early 2000s. I think he might have retired in 2008. And think about someone like Jalen Phillips, especially his rookie season. You saw someone who stays and plays against mobile quarterbacks. You saw a three-down player. You saw someone who wasn't afraid to play inside and really try some stunts, try to create some open space. Ross Tucker defined Jason Taylor as wiry. And I thought that was such a great, great description for not only Jason Taylor, but correct me if I'm wrong, I kind of think that's where the Jalen Phillips-Jason Taylor connect comes from. They just seem like such wiry, long, and, and bodies that can just move anyone around the trenches. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he even said he tried to like hit the hell out of Jason Taylor and he just was too quick to do that. And he still had the power. And that's kind of, I guess, where I probably crowned him a little bit early and said that that was, um, you know, his comparison. But I think what gets us to get us all excited, right, is the fact that Phillips in that first season, you know, he realized that he wanted to, he said it himself, you know, he felt bad when he had to come off the field because he was letting his teammates down. And that second season, he wasn't going to He's going to work to, you know, get better against the run, which like Merrick threw out the numbers there. I mean, again, take PFF for what it's worth, grain of salt, compare it with other things, whatever it might be. But when you watch the tape, he was absolutely better against the run than he was his first season. He was not coming off the field rarely at all because he was that difference maker. Um, he's completely a well-rounded player now. He can rush the passer as good as anyone. He can stop the run. He's only going to get better under Vic Fangio. So, um, yeah, I think wiry is the absolute best way to put it. And um, I'll talk about it later, but I know Merrick said about – his sacks dipping, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there one that got called back against the Chargers and I think the Packers for like absolute horrendous uh, rough in the passer calls. So he would have actually, you know, surpassed that rookie year. So to think that you got a guy that's almost at double digit sacks already is only going to get better under Vic Fangio's defense, under his guidance. We saw what Bradley Chubb did alongside him, helped him get better. I mean, Bradley Chubb's coming in with a chip on his shoulder. I see Jalen Phillips exceeding expectations. And, um, you know, I forget where Christian Wilkins was drafted. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was right around that same spot, um, you know, a few years prior. I, I feel like Jalen Phillips is already on that same, I don't want to say tier because obviously they play two different positions. But when you're looking at some of the best defensive tackles in football, you should not be leaving Christian Wilkins off that list. I know ESPN did, but you should not be leaving Christian Wilkins off that list. Just like I don't think you should be leaving Jalen Phillips off that list. So heading into year three, he's only going to get better, bigger, stronger. Um, yeah, I think he's going to surpass that 18th overall pick. And I think a lot of teams are already kicking themselves in the, you know, pissed off as all hell that they passed on Jalen Phillips because of the medical reasons, or maybe because they wanted to, you know, draft a running back or whatever it might be. All right, gentlemen, let's get into it. I'm going to ask you guys if you did your homework. We watched a little bit of film. I don't know why I did this, guys. I went and watched the Jets game at the end of the season. The wonderful, wonderful, what, 11-6 game, I think it was. Uh, We're sorry. 
We don't give that game enough credit where any game that ends with a safety, you should be able to make fun of that team forever because that's how the Jets ended with all the laterals and then it just didn't work. But previously we were talking about how Jalen Phillips improved as a, not only as a pass rusher, just in terms of consistency, ability to just be around the quarterback of all times. Uh, but, but how about as a defender out in the open field, something I really picked up on. And, and at first I really didn't like it, but you watch uh, the Dolphins defense last year. And there were times where you had uh, Jalen Phillips running out in coverage. You had Melvin Ingram running out in coverage. And something I realized is you watch Jalen Phillips play. His eye movement is so impressive because he knows right away where if he's not getting to the quarterback, his second duty, his second priority is to get out in that flat for a dump-off pass. You can tell right away the second he's double-teamed, he starts sprinting back to the flat just to be in that area to make sure that that's not where the ball is going. So I want to ask you guys, is there anything that once you start watching Jalen Phillips a little bit, you realize, wait, like, he, he can do that too? <laughs> that's a great question. I mean, he he's a phenomenal athlete. I think we all know that. And if we didn't know that, uh, there were some some pictures circulating around the internet uh, uh, this offseason that that could uh, at least lead you in that direction. I believe he set a new world record for the most amount of abs on one human being uh, at any given moment. Uh, and I believe Josh would like to make pancakes off of those abs if I've been following uh, his uh, tw- his tweets uh accordingly but but you're you're right Jalen Phillips can kind of do it all uh Jalen Phillips you know he 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 has increased his run stopping obviously the pass rush is where it needs to be uh he even gets past deflections sometimes force fumbles sometimes I mean he's all over the field I think that's probably my favorite quality about Jalen Phillips is his high motor he doesn't take plays off he is literally go 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 all the time Uh, And, you know, in those big situations, when you need somebody to give that 110 percent effort, you can count on Jalen Phillips to do that. He's not somebody that's going to let you down uh, and and loaf around. And that's impressive for anyone on any team. But I almost feel, you know, maybe my my Dolphins bias is showing here. I almost feel that's more impressive uh, when you're a member of the Miami Dolphins, because half your games take place in the South Florida sun when it's 100 degrees and, and the humidity is is through the roof uh, that does not exist on Hard Rock Stadium. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like to to be able to play as many snaps as he does with the amount of effort that he does in that kind of weather, man, like that's tough. That's really tough. He's a well-conditioned athlete. Uh, and, and, you know, I think we're lucky to be able to watch him learn and grow in this system. And I, again, just keep coming back to it. I think this is the year where Jalen Phillips becomes a household name. And it's not just us talking about him. It's, it's, it's ESPN talking about him. It's Fox sports talking about him. It's, you know, hopefully the president talking about him when the dolphins go for their, uh, their, their ring ceremony at the white house after this season, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Um, that was actually one of the games I watched too, Jake. I, he also got four quarterback hits. He was kind of in Flacco's face a bunch, you know, under forcing him under duress. But another one that really showed off his motor was that week seven game against the Steelers. Dolphins only won 16 to 10. Is that, is that the one you're going to do? Eight tackles, one and a half sacks. He was extremely effective and versed the run one with both power and speed, but the most impressive play of all. And it goes back to this whole motor thing was he realized he was, I think he was playing uh, over the guard. He realized he wasn't going to get to Kenny Pickett. But Kenny Pickett scrambled to the left side, and you just see Jalen Phillips come from the complete opposite side of the field and chase him down and tackle him short of the first down. I think that showed off, you know, that speed that I guess you don't really think a guy that's what six foot five, 
263 pounds has. And I think when you add that to everything else he can do well, him only getting better against the run, I mean, you can see why he is, you know, as special of a player as, you know, we continue to say he is, some other people continue to say he is, and why I think he's going to only get better. So I had to bring up that one because he was in the backfield. He was all over Najee Harris, a guy that, again, people wanted over him. He was maybe putting that to rest a little bit. And then at times, I mean, he was just in Kenny Pickett's face, and then that one where he chased him down stopped him short of the the pylon. I mean, it was just – it was one of the more impressive plays. And, I mean, who knows what could have happened if they got that first down and, you know, moved the change. I mean – yeah, I'm not saying it was a game-changing play, but it was definitely game-changing watching your big-ass edge rusher chase down the quarterback from the other side of the field. It's so clear when you watch. He's always moving. He's always engaged. And that trained eye that he's just developed. Guys, think about it. This is going to be the first time ever, at least since he's turned 18, and I'm going to say probably even before that, that he's played football in the same place for three straight years. I, I can't even imagine what that does to someone's psyche. I mean, everyone's ranting rightfully so, about how this Dolphins offense, getting a second year in it, how important it is, but just the ability to train your body and really establish yourself at one place for so long. I can't imagine what that does for your confidence. And, you know, I I joked about watching this game, but if you watch that Jets game, if you watch that Buffalo game in the playoffs, this defense had some crucial, crucial holes. There were some massive struggles. There were some real big scheme holes. But at the same time, if you watch this defense, they were so locked in. They were so ready to go by the end of the year. It was so much fun to watch. I mean, you have Jalen Phillips, you know, obviously the, the, what's the saying? The, the fastest route is a straight line. I mean, there are plays where Phillips, not only can he crack inside to stop the run, but other times he can just stand straight up, pop the right tackle and move him off his set. It's just so interesting to see him do a bunch of different things. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, the 26th. There's videos going out there of uh, Chubb and Jalen Phillips karate chop practicing on the field. All they are missing to look like Aaron Donald is a couple of knives. But it's just interesting to see how he's developed. He's grown because this is a situation he hasn't really had before. Uh, that Jets game, it was a tough to watch because Joe Flacco was getting rid of that ball in 0.2 seconds. The ball was the average depth. The target had to be seven yards. But the key there was if Flacco didn't get rid of it in 0.2 seconds, Jalen Phillips was there. And that's all that matters, right? If you make a quarterback split think for a split second, it's too late. And that's why I think he's going to be such a great addition to this Dolphins defense under Vic Fangio. I just think that ability to make quarterbacks think, put them in under pressure situations is where Jalen Phillips is really going to be great. Again, I want to bring it up again. I think there are situations he can be used as a outside linebacker, the true one, not just the pass rusher where he can go back in coverage. And I'm starting to think about this defensive line, right? The one thing Jalen Phillips didn't do last year, uh, you know, Mayor kind of hit on all these things he uh, improved on. His 19 quarterback hits was fourth in the league. His 48 hurries was seventh in the league. You look around this defense, especially that front, it's a Swiss Army knife of all the different things they can do. But I want to give a shout-out to Emmanuel Ogba real quick because Jalen Phillips, he had one batted ball last year. Josh, when I was listening to our pod last year, the one thing that stuck out, we forgot about Ogba Island. That was a thing. His ability to knock down passes and really get into the sights of opposing quarterbacks was so key that that's where I'm starting to think how this defense can work, how you can get these guys in situations to play to their strengths, and how someone like Emmanuel Agba can provide something that this defense doesn't have. To you both, I want to ask you about a former number 18th overall in the NFL draft, but we're going all the way back to 2012 when I graduated high school. 
How do you guys feel about this knowing that Melvin Ingram and his eight sacks are not going to be part of this team next year? Do you feel that that kind of hinders what they're going to try to do? Are they going to miss someone like that? Not only in the locker room, but having those taped up fingers, uh, you know, swatting off passes, sprinting balls into the end zone uh, after block punts. Yeah, yeah, you you mentioned that, and you do mention Ogba. You know, getting Ogba back healthy will be big for this defense. Uh, and with the new scheme that Fangio is bringing, you could see Ogba playing inside a little bit more. He's that big body dude, um, so maybe he doesn't play as much edge, but he, he's going to rotate in there on, on the inside. But you also got to mention a guy like Malik Reed uh, coming over from Pittsburgh, but actually, you know, had his most successful years playing for the Denver Broncos under their then coach, Vic Fangio, who is now the Dolphins defensive coordinator. You know, we've talked about that a lot. I think Malik Reed coming in, Emmanuel Ogba coming back healthy. I think that's going to mitigate the loss uh, that, that the Dolphins have, that, that hole that they have with Mel, Melvin Ingram not being on the field. I, I did enjoy Melvin Ingram's play. I do think he kind of you know, he took a dip as the season wore on a little bit, and he's an older player. Maybe he got tired. Maybe his legs weren't as fresh as they were earlier in the year. Um, but but he is he's a solid player, but I do think the Dolphins have the pieces and the scheme to make up for his loss on this defense, and I think they're going to be A-OK without him. And plus, there's plenty of time. They could still add somebody uh, to this roster, to this defense, uh, to, to help fill that role. Yeah, no, I think Jadavian Clowney's still out there. I'm just going to throw his hey. name out there because he's a guy who I've been uh, – I remember doing cut-ups the one-off season because there were, like, rumors he was going to get traded in Miami, and I wasted so much time on that. So um, I'm absolutely going to miss Melvin Ingram and his, you know, the way he kind of played with his hair on fire at times, those dreads flowing in the back. But I think you're both right. Emmanuel Agba, Malik Reed, I think this defensive line's pretty much set. You touched on a little bit, Jake, and I talked about it before in the offseason, but that wild card game against uh, the Buffalo Bills, he had nine total tackles two for a loss, seven quarterback pressures, three quarterback hits, a half sack. I mean, he was that was one of his best-rated PFF games, and I think what made me uh, the most excited about that was the fact that it was so late in the season, that his body didn't really wear down at all. I mean, we saw the images. Maybe I'm thinking of the the game earlier in the year when they played in Buffalo, but he had his shirt off at one point, and like the freezing cold, and he's the only guy out there with his, uh, you know, Machamp 20-pack abs, just like it, it didn't phase him. And to see him get better as the season wore on um, was definitely a bright spot and something that should have us all excited for what he can do, again, in Vic Fangio's defense. Because I think this guy, as soon as Fangio got here, I mean, that was one of the guys that he was gushing about, saying how excited he was to work with him. But he also mentioned how these guys, you know, they have to still go out there and prove that they are these superstar players, not just, you know, go based off of what they accomplished in years past, this, that, and the other thing. So um, I'm here for it, man. Jalen Phillips, fair player. I need to buy a jersey because I just keep hyping him up every time we get a chance. I got one. Of course, you have <laughs> of course. Everyone. I just bought it. I just bought a Jalen Ramsey one a couple of days ago too, so it's on the way. Oh, I, I just bought I'm, ten jerseys. I, I, I like jerseys. That's what I do. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm more concerned about this interior defensive line depth. I really am. I'm not so concerned about the edge rushers. I think we're kind of offset there. I want to know who is behind Wilkins, Sealer, and Raekwon. Like, who's going to be backing those guys up? What happens if we suffer? a serious injury to one of those guys in particular, Raekwon Davis, who doesn't get a lot of love from Dolphins fans, but he is that true nose tackle type fella. He's a big dude. And the Vic Fangio scheme requires a true, true nose tackle. Who is his, his backup there? I know Jake, you're, you're kind of a fan of this uh, Brandon Peely guy. And I think, I think that's where you're going there. I think you want to talk, you want to talk a little bit about him, but I, 
Dolphins have cap space. They have some. Let's spend a little bit of it. I know we want to roll it over and we got all these extensions coming down the pipe and and you know, we're going to have to pay a lot of a lot of players especially if this season goes the way we want it to go, uh, which is the Dolphins having success, making the playoffs, winning playoff games, maybe potentially ending up in a Super Bowl. That would be phenomenal. Um, I did just place a, a, a bet on DraftKings uh, the, that the Dolphins would make the Super Bowl at the very least. So uh, there's extra incentive for me, but uh, I want to know. I want to know. Let's spend some of this cap space and get ourselves some interior defensive line help, some interior defensive line depth, and really make sure that one of the weaknesses on this team can become a, a strength. I think the, the the front seven is already a strength, but the depth behind those starters worries me. And we saw firsthand last season what happens when your team suffers a lot of injuries. Now, it was in the secondary, not the front seven, but what happens if, if God forbid, a Christian Wilkins gets injured or, or a Zach Sealer gets injured, who's stepping into that role? Like let, let's, let's pay somebody to come on in here. I'm all for a guy named Akeem Hicks. I think he's a great player. And I think, I mean, at this point he hasn't been signed anywhere. You might be able to lowball this dude and get him in here and, and have him in that rotation. But, but what do you guys think? How do you feel about this interior defensive line depth? And, and, and do you think an addition would, would help out this defense? Go ahead, Josh. Can I say queasy? Um, can I use my queasy? I mean, oh, I, you, yeah. you get it one per episode. I think you're you're spot on with the Hicks, and I think another name you mentioned earlier in the offseason was Ndamukong Sue. You know, bring him in here, right? I mean, those are guys that can fill depth positions, and I do think that, you know, we're all talking about Dalvin Cook and some of these other spots. I think, you know, you're right, that up front, that nose tackle sort of thing, defensive tackle, as soon as one of those guys, you know, Raekwon, if he doesn't live up to the hype or, you know, doesn't get this scheme down and, you know, can't be – I mean, I, I don't think we can sit here and say he can't take on, you know, two, two um, offensive linemen because I think that's just kind of what he's built for. But if, if there is an injury on that defensive line, who's going to step up? So, yeah, spend that money if you have to. But maybe they're waiting until they do the joint practices with uh, the Falcons and B. John Robinson before he, you know, goes for 3,000 yards in their, in their uh, um, training camps before they go out there and sign a defensive lineman. For me, it really boils down to is, is the juice worth the squeeze here? Like, I understand what someone like Raekwon Davis can bring to the table, uh, but the Dolphins are paying a lot of guys, right? Bradley Chubb has a huge contract. Jalen Phillips, Xavier Howard. Then you got your emerging guys on rookie contracts like Javon Holland uh, and Jalen Phillips. However, you also had guys step up, and what makes the defense special are the people you don't expect. Cater Kohu last year, for instance. I just don't know if there's any money to spend. I do think they're going to try to do everything they can to roll it over. You mentioned Brandon Peely, an undrafted free agent. I think it can uh, really be him to be that fourth defensive tackle. But I do wonder if this is a situation where a rising tide raises all boats. Yes, uh, and the grand scheme, looking at a depth chart, yeah, not having a nose tackle or being down one of those defensive tackles, you're like, oh, man, how are we going to you know, win? What are we going to do here? But I think in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if that is a position that can kind of derail an entire game plan and make you lose a game. I, I completely get that, you know, you in terms of Madden, you'll go from like an 89 overall to a, hell, 67 overall. But I just don't know if that's an opportunity for the Dolphins to say, this is going to be so bad, we need to bring in someone else. I just, I don't know. Last year, I take a look at a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, stack team, uh, playing with a with a quarterback, who's on his rookie deal at the time. Uh, and, and what did they do 
as the season was progressing, they went out and they signed themselves a couple quality interior defensive linemen. And Dominican Sue was one of those. I believe the other guy was Linval Joseph. Am I, am I right there? You know, they, 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 they went out, they, they saw an area of need, uh, maybe not as starters, but as, as depth pieces, they said, we got a little bit of cap room here. We got a quarterback playing on a cheap deal and we're all in. We want to win. We want to get to a Super Bowl. We want to win a Super Bowl. They fell short, you know, Things like that happen when you're playing against Patrick Mahomes. But if the Dolphins are all in and we've kind of all agreed that this roster is the best roster that we've seen in our entire lifetimes, that means this roster has the best chance to win a Super Bowl out of any roster that we've ever watched play football for the Miami Dolphins. Why not take that 12, 13 million in cap space that you have right now and use it? and get those depth pieces and make sure that you're all set right now, just in case things don't go according to plan. Make sure that you're in your best position possible right now to win yourself a Super Bowl, not just get to one, but win a Super Bowl for your coaches, for your owner, for your players, for us, the fan base. We've been starved for a championship for so, so long. You have a little bit of room, spend that money, make it happen bring in these players. They're still out there. Make your roster as good as it possibly can be. Why have a B plus roster or an A minus roster when you can have an A plus roster? I'm all in. They should be all in. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll, man. Like I'm getting jazzed up here. And I think these are, this is kind of just how things play out. Sometimes, you know, you, you wait a little bit longer. Maybe you get a better deal. You see where you're at. You want to see how these guys look in training camp. Uh, I think there will be moves made. And I do think another defensive lineman will be brought into the fold. Uh, I'm just getting a little anxious. I kind of want it to happen sooner rather than later. Cause I think, I think this team in particular, and they know it too. I mean, every time you, every time you see Tua at the podium or Tyreek at the podium, they're talking about how this team can really do some special things. And, you know, we, we, we all suffer from battered Dolphins fan syndrome right now where we were like, when any, when any time something good is on the horizon, we convince ourselves that it, it's not meant for us and that something will happen that will, uh, will cause all of, all of this to come toppling down like a, like a shaky Jenga tower. Uh, but, but I think if you can shore up that base, if you can get that quality depth in here now, sign some veterans on some cheap deals, I think you do it and, and I'm waiting for it to happen and I hope it happens. Cause I really do think that this could be a really, really special year for the Miami dolphins. Yeah, I looked at the depth chart on ESPN. Peely's the only guy that's behind uh, Raekwon Davis, so maybe that's that it. is something. All you they, got. Uh, maybe that all is something new. But I, what what was that? It's all we need. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, Merrick's saying all that. You still don't feel like the world, like the Jenga puzzle, is gonna be pulled out from underneath and everything's gonna come toppling down. Because every time I refresh Twitter, I'm waiting for some bad, something bad to happen. Every I was time. convinced first day of training camp. I was convinced somebody was going down today. And that's Correct. just same old, same old Dolphin fans. I'm going to rip us back on track here. I wish I had a better um, transition. But, guys, to wrap up some thoughts on Jalen Phillips real quick, uh, I want to hear from both of you guys. Who finishes with more sacks this year, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips? I'll let you go first, Josh. I, I mean, Jalen Phillips. I can't say anybody else. Jalen Phillips. Get, get his gold bust ready. Get the gold jacket ready. That's where I'm at with Jalen Phillips. 
Yeah, I really do think this secondary is going to allow both of those guys to feast this year. I think you're going to see a great season from Bradley Chubb, kind of that that bounce back, that rebound season that everyone's hoping from him. Um, it's kind of weird to say that we need to see a rebound season from Bradley Chubb when his cap hit is like nearly $20 million. Like he's getting paid 19 plus million this year. It, it, it's wild. But um you know, I think we're going to see a bounce back season from him. I think we're going to see a breakout season from Jalen Phillips. I think it's going to be close, but I will actually lean Jalen Phillips myself. I think we're looking at some somewhere in the vicinity of 14 and a half, 15 sacks for, for Phillips and, and maybe 13, 13 and a half for Bradley Chubb here. I think it's going to be a great year for both of those guys. Health permitting, as always. Gentlemen, it was great to hang out with you guys again. I hope everybody out there learned a bunch from our book club. We reached it. It is finally football season. So stay tuned on this feed for everything Dolphins related. We are sure to talk about it all, all the way down to Tua's fully tatted arm. So please, 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 if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. And if you have just a few minutes of time, I know most of you are on the pot listening to this. Just just please type a couple words into some uh, a little bit of a feedback or reaction. And if you happen, your finger helps those five stars, so be it. That is all the time we have. Thank you so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. Merrick, Joshua, it's great seeing you guys. I can't wait to do it next time. But until then, fins up. Fins up, baby. Fins up.